been talking about the advantage of the Holy Spirit, the advantage of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is our advantage. Is our advantage, is our unique advantage. And uh, last midweek service, that's still on the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit brought those words to us. You see, you're supposed to trust him for your life. You're supposed to trust the Holy Spirit for your life. Trust him for your life. The Bible says that he that believeth shall not make haste. There's a scripture I want to show you in the book of Titus, chapter 2. I read from verse 4. Let me first of all, let me read it in the New Living Translation, please. It says, These older women must train the younger women to love their husbands and their children. What's he talking about? Now, Paul's writing to the church that Titus was presiding over. Titus was a very uh, wonderful person, very wonderful follower of Paul. And um, there was a lot that was said concerning Titus. But he was presiding over a church, and Paul's writing to the church. And he starts off by talking to the men, and now he comes to the women. That's, that's not the point. I'm not trying to talk to women. But at the end of that, of that admonition, he says something. That's what I want to bring your mind to. He says, these older women must train the younger women to love their husbands and their children. To live wisely and be pure to work in their homes, to do good, and to be submissive to their husbands, then they will not bring, that's the point, verse 5, they will not bring shame on the word of God. Because you can bring shame on the word of God. Like I said, he started off, maybe we should look at Titus chapter 2 from verse 1. As for you, Titus, promote the kind of living that reflects wholesome teaching. All right? Okay, let's, from verse 1. He said, promote the kind of, living that reflects wholesome teaching. That shows that um, whatever we, we commit our lifestyle to, our life to, reflect what we hear. Or reflect, like nobody will know what I'm teaching you in your office, except they look at you. You see, when they look at you in your office or your neighborhood, they say, oh, your pastor's teaching you something. So he says, as for you, Titus, promote the kind of living that reflects wholesome teaching. Verse 2, he says, teach the older men to exercise self-control, to be worthy of respect, and to live wisely. They must have sound faith and be filled with love and patience. Verse 3, similarly, teach the older women to live in a way that honors God they must not slander others or be heavy drinkers. Instead, they should teach others what is good. Let me just make a point with verse 4. These older women must train the younger women to love their husbands and their children. Verse 5. To live wisely and be pure. To work in their home. Now, let me say something here. There are things that can be argued all day long. 
for example. And I know some of you at this point in your life think so. You know, especially because probably you've not seen the, the position of the word of God on the issue. And you probably have to go with what is in your mind logic or what an argument about it outside has been. For example, cooking is not a woman's job. It's a life skill. You're right. There are, in fact, the, the, the jollof I enjoy in my life in this world is cooked by men. You know the people I'm talking about? You don't? Yeah, I, I enjoy the jollof a lot. I like it. Um, now then, that's not to say that men should not learn how to cook. But you see, some of the things that we saw growing up that looks like um, rules. The women are taught more to cook. I mean, there will be a knife to your neck if you don't know how to cook, as compared to the guy. All right. In some homes, the guys cook. Yeah. So it's not so much of a gender role. But what we learned growing up, they were trying to say something, but they just didn't communicate it to you in plain words that learn how to cook. Let me tell you why. If now you are arguing with it, right? When you grow up and you have a child, are you going to still buy food for your child? Can you vouch for the hygiene of that food? So there were some of the things that were taught, like work in your home. And he's talking to the women, he said, work in your home. Some of those things that were taught, that was not, it was not like they were trying to split the general because it will come to you more naturally to want to cook for a child. You can vouch for your hygiene. And you see your child and you are vouching for your hygiene for your child. So if you don't know how to cook, you'll be forced to, to do what? To get food outside. And you can't vouch for that hygiene. Right? Then you go to uh, Auntie Muni Wache to buy for your, your child. At least at a certain age, you know that you have to take care of your child yourself. So these were some of the things, some of the reasons why they said the women should learn how to cook. Those are some of the reasons. And... If you want to, if you try to argue something like that out, maybe you're married and you're, you're arguing that out in your home, you are doing that at a cost. You see, you are doing that at a cost. Say, ah, no, we must divide it in the house. On Monday, you cook for the child. Tuesday, you cook. At what cost? Am I doing it for my own child? At what cost? At the cost of bad food, because I want to split the role, when naturally we all know the instinct of a mother toward the child. You want everything to be fine for your child. And you can vouch for yourself that you will not be wicked to your child by putting extra salt. You see? So these were some of the things. Now, this also reflects the culture of the people at the time because he put something there. He said to live wisely and be pure and to work in their home, to do good 
and to be submissive to their husbands. He said, if they do this, all right, he said, then they will not bring shame on the word of God because some, some, some living, some lifestyles will bring shame on the word of God. Who is he writing to? He's writing to people who are in church. So for example, you're in your office. You have a very inept work ethic. What you're doing, you're bringing shame on the word of God. The moment you start hearing things like, in, in, in probably where you work or your area, like, ah, and every day he's going to church. Well, you are bringing shame on the word of God. Growth is not always linear. You see, Solomon said, destroy the foxes. Said the little foxes that destroy the vine. If you are speaking in tongues, in moving forward, um, prophesying, speaking words of prophecy over your life, say, I'm moving forward, I'm moving forward. By your prophecy, you are moving forward. By your character, you are drawing yourself backward. Look at Ezekiel 33. I'll start from verse 29. Ezekiel 33. Are you sure you're here? Then they shall know that I am the Lord when I lay the land most desolate because of all the abominations which they have committed. Now, God was prophesying and speaking to uh, the people of Israel because they were living wrongly, all right? And God said, I'm going to judge the wrongdoing. Then in verse 30, he says something. He says, verse 30, Also thou son of man, the children of thy people still are talking against thee by the walls and in the doors of the houses. And they speak one to another, everyone to his brother, saying, Come, I pray you, and hear what is the word that cometh from the Lord. All right? He says, people are talking to themselves. Oh, let's go. Let's go and hear what is the word of the Lord. Can you imagine? They are, they are, I mean, they are acting like they are good people. Remember from verse 29, God speaks to them and says, they are, they are doing abom abominations and, and abominous things. Then in verse 20, in verse 30, he says that they are talking to the others and speaking one to another, everyone to his brother saying, come, let's go, let's go and hear what the Lord has to say. Now let's look at what God tells them in verse 31. He said, and they come unto thee as the people cometh, and they sit before thee as my people, and they hear thy words, but will not do them, for with their mouth they show much love, but their heart goeth after covetousness. Their heart goes after covetousness. He said, with their mouth, when you see them, say, oh, they, they are in church, they love God. They want he said, but their heart is a covetous heart. Now, when that, is the, when that is the foundation, now, when I was teaching on foundation, I, I was explaining to you something. One of the things about foundations is your foundation will always tell on your building. That's the thing. For example, the moment I want to change, maybe I wanted to build one-story building. Hmm? The moment I want to change my, my mind from one story building, I will have to destroy the foundation. If I want to change 
what I, I conceived before, say, oh, we are moving to 10-story building. We cannot maintain the same foundation. We will have to bring this foundation down and now bring forth a foundation that can take care of this new plan that we have. The foundation will always tell on the building. So, if your foundation has bits and pieces of covetousness in it, every message that is preached, that's what, uh, well, give it to me in the NLT. That, that's what the prophet is saying by the Spirit of God. He says, you will see that if it's colored by covetousness, they will hear the word of God and they have covetousness gets in there. And they will begin to interpret everything through the, the lenses of their covetousness. It says, so my people come pretending to be sincere and sit before you. They listen to your words, but they have no intention of doing what you say. It says, their mouths are full of lustful words and their hearts seek only after money. And Titus is saying that when you do these kind of things, he says, you bring shame on the word of God. You see, the work of the Holy Spirit in your life is not only to move you forward. The work of the Holy Spirit in your life is to also deal with certain things inside you that need to be dealt with. Now, the thing is, a lot of people do not yield to the teachings and the leadings of the Holy Spirit. Now, we are talking about that. We are still on the advantage of the Holy Spirit. He's our advantage. You see, not only, oh, you will do it, you make it, all right? He also helps you. The Bible says in the book of Psalm 105, it says, until the time that his word came, he said, the word of the Lord tried him. Other versions say, the Lord tested Joseph's character. Psalm 105 from verse 24. I'll read King James and I'll read the NIV. Oh, hallelujah. Let's look at verse 18. Whose feet the hurt referred to as he was talking about Joseph. He said he was laid in iron. Verse 19, he says, until the time that his word came, the word of the Lord tried him. Verse, uh, in the NIV. So what he foretold came to pass till the word of the Lord proved him true. Now, the version that got this almost correct in terms of the, the, the translation was NIV because of the word till. Because in the original, in, in the King James, you see, until the time that his word came, the word of the Lord tried him. So it, it begins to look like till the word of the Lord came, the word of the Lord tried him. No, but the actual translation is the, uh, uh, the word of the Lord came to pass when the Lord of the Lord had tried him. You get it? That means the word would never come to pass until God had finished trying him. That's what the original says. So then NIV put the till the word of the Lord proved him true was more correct. In other words, you can say what he foretold did not come to pass till the word of the Lord proved him true. Now, I talked, I talked, to, I talked to you about these kind of things and I'm not going to stop talking about it. You see, it's a shame on the word of God when in your office or where you work, it's a shame on the word of God if they say things like, that's why we don't like our employing Christians. 
That's why we don't like employing Christians. And mind you, I'm a pastor. Before I, 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 I moved fully into full-time, I, I had a company. I sacked, I sacked the Christian workers who were not performing. I sacked them. You want to play the fool and will not sack you? Because you speak in tongues? Even leaders in the house of God, when I see that I'm misbehaving, you are misbehaving with your, I will remove you. Maybe with your fellowship, I will just remove you quickly. You don't know, you don't know what we are doing. You don't have the value of a soul. How can a Christian, you've been given a contract. All right? You've been given a contract. You are telling the person who are giving the contract that I, I didn't have transport to come. See, there's nothing I tell you that has never happened. Just know what I'm talking about. There's nothing, there's no story like example that is not true. I'm not doing my head. Every one of them has happened in real life. None of them is a movie. Say, I, I, I did not have transport to come. I know somebody that somebody was paying her fees. Till today, her certificate never came out. And when she was pushed, pushed to the wall for a for certificate, she went to bring someone else's certificate that the school made a mistake. And somebody was paying the fees. And when you finish, you come to church and pray. Pray for what? There are some things that happen that you should question whether you have the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost didn't tell you when you were misbehaving that you are playing the fool. We are in very interesting times. Now, it's not, it's not very unique. Every time, most of the time we say this generation is interesting. They're not very, very unique to energy. They have been lazy people since the time of Adam. You, we just have it more increased and more amplified lately. But lazy people have been there. But in Ezekiel 33, he said something in verse 31. King James, he used the word, and that's the word I want us to look at. It's one of the things the Holy Spirit will deal with in your life. One of the major things the Holy Spirit will deal with in your life. And they come to thee as people cometh, and they sit before thee as my people, and they hear thy words, but they will not do them. For with their mouth they show much love, but their heart goeth after covetousness. That's the word, covetousness. Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12, verse 13. So Jesus is teaching, and one guy opens his mouth. Now there's something amazing about Jesus and his teachings. Jesus never answered people's questions. He answered their hearts. Because sometimes people answer, one time I was speaking to a guy, very well-meaning guy. Uh, he opened a page in my name and was putting, he meant well, he was putting up messages from Sunday service and all that and quite got a lot of engagement. But when people ask questions, he will answer as me as well. So I told him that part, he should leave that one. I said, because when it comes to asking of questions and answering, it's not about answering the question. There are some people you can never answer their question because they are not planning to be answered. There are some people, they ask the question because of something. So Jesus never answered the question. He answered why they were asking the question. So Jesus was never, when you read Jesus' teachings, someone asking me a question and he's saying something else. You'll be wondering, this answer has nothing to do with that question. But Jesus is saying something. So let's look at one of the examples. So Jesus is teaching 
Let's look at from verse 11, maybe. We'll get it in a better context. And when they bring you into the synagogues, unto magistrate and powers, take you no thought how or what thing you shall answer and what you shall say. Verse 12, he said, For the Holy Ghost shall teach you in the same hour what ye ought to say. Oh, the Holy Ghost will teach you in the same hour what you ought to say. So while Jesus is talking about this, in verse 13, someone from the crowd brings up a question and brings up something, says, and one of the company said unto him, Master, speak to my brother that he divide the inheritance with me. Now, that shows, now I want, I want us to get this in context. That shows that the inheritance was not well divided. So the guy has a point. The guy has a point. The inheritance was probably not well divided. So in every court of law, the guy has a point. But Jesus was looking at something ahead of that, beyond that. Verse 14, he says, And he said unto him, Man, who made me a judge or divider over you? Come on, think of it. If you were Jesus, you say, Hey, come, let's divide it. Let's divide it. Divide it with him. You understand? Jesus said, I have not your divider. <laughs> he said, Nobody made me a judge or divider over you. Why is he saying this? Verse 15. And he said unto them, take heed and beware of covetousness. In other words, this is saying, you are not asking this question because you actually want them or you need the inheritance to be divided, but because in your heart there's covetousness. Beware of covetousness. What's the meaning of covetousness? Let's define it and let's move. To be covetous means to desire something that's not yours. You can also say to desire strongly that which is not yours. Let's go to the book of Hebrews, chapter 13, verse number 3. Okay, from verse 1. Let brotherly love continue. Look at somebody say, let brotherly love continue. Look for another person say, let brotherly love continue. You see, do you know what brotherly love is? In the Bible, sometimes you see the, the demarcation, the difference between when he says love and brotherly love. Brotherly love is also called kindness or brotherly kindness. In, in love, we are dealing with everybody, the whole world, uh, our, reaction, uh, our uh, relation with the whole world. All right? So when it comes to the whole world, we love everyone. But there's brotherly love. That's the love with which we love the other Christian. Because if, for example, you have to make a decision to favor two people, one is born again, one is not, you always have to start from the one that's born again. I would say we should do good to one another, especially those who have the household of faith. You see, so when you talk about brotherly love, it's the love with which you have for a, a, another Christian. So that's brotherly love. So it says, one thing that should always continue among us is brotherly love. Pursue. Be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. You have to do this with a lot of spiritual intelligence. <laughs> All right? Yeah. With a lot of discernment. Now, it doesn't mean you can't be good to every, it's just people. You can be good to people. That's what he's saying. Be good to people. Is it because sometimes people have met angels without being aware? 
Someone is wondering, right? Verse 3. Remember them that are in bonds as bound with them. And them which suffer adversity as being yourselves also in the body. Verse 4. Marriage is honorable in all and the bed undefiled and whose and whoremongers and adulterers God will judge. Verse 5. He said, let your conversation be without covetousness. Now the word conversation there is let your lifestyle be without covetousness. Let your lifestyle be without covetousness. So don't live a life that has this covetousness. You know, sometimes, sometimes you lose sleep over what you saw online. You are exhibiting covetousness. Now that's going to truncate the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. I'll show you. Let, the, let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as ye have. Why? For he had said, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. Verse 6, he says, so that you may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. Who is called the helper in the Bible? The Holy Spirit. So the moment you are not content with what you have, you are pushing away the ministry of the Holy Spirit. You see, you, you, you don't trust him for your life. You are comparing yourself with somebody who has gone to Dubai or somebody who has gone to Bali or someone who has gone to Maldives and someone who has gone to Zanzibar. You see, there are, there are jobs Christians can take no matter the money involved. Remember what he said? When you do things like that, what do you do? You bring shame on the word of God. You say, it's my job. It's not your job. You know, um, for example, for example, you say maybe you're, you're a model, you take pictures for brands that they say, come and show your ties. Say, bikinis. You know bikinis? You don't know bikinis? I don't know why they call it bikinis. It's not bikini. It's pants and brazier. <laughs> There's nothing they are calling any... You cannot take that kind of picture. Oh, Pastor, if I take it, I'm going to get, they, they say, one shot is 5,000 Ghana City. Pastor, I'm going to pay my tithe. No, God does not lead your tithe. <laughs> That's not from God. I know some boys. Years ago, they were, they were into fraud. But they have a pastor they go to. Yeah. They have a pastor they will go to. Yeah, they are fraud boys. They, go, they have a pastor they go to. And the pastor will pray for them and they will be getting it. Me, let me tell you, when you come here, your money will finish. <laughs> I'm telling you, if you, if you do for you come here, just go back home because <laughs> the, the prayers I pray, it's rather destroy your own. If you are to stealing, forget it. But I would say the curse of the Lord is in the house of a thief. Yes, um, last week I showed you a scripture. Let's go. Jeremiah 17. Jeremiah 17, verse 11. My prayers don't work for those people. I've tried. I've seen that it doesn't work. It destroys them rather. As the patriarch seated on eggs and hatched them not, so he that getteth riches and not by right shall leave them in the midst of his day. That means... There is a promise in the word of God to cut short the life of someone who frauds. There's a scripture for them. Or steals. Their life, will, they will never see the fullness of their life. I'm sorry if you are, just stop. If you are watching me online and there's somebody invited you to watch. 
And the pastor could pay a dangerous prayer. And everything will be solved. That you will get more clients. <laughs> My prayers don't work for you. That's the truth. My prayers won't work for you. There's one, there, there, are some, there are some jobs, right? Or there are some works, some industries that until you are lying, you will not make money. Do you know that? Who can give me an example? Huh? Is it? I can't hear you. Customer service. Really? Of what? Every job. No, 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 no. Not true. It's not true. It's maybe your business. Admission officer. They lie. That. So that's like lying by omission. Not commission. So like they don't lie. They just didn't say everything. Well, I, I don't see that as lying. You know what I see that as? I see it as the person wants you to come to the school. So he tell, told you some of the things happening. <laughs> well, well, if you, if, you, if you are interested, just go and do the rest of your research. And you probably will find the rest. I'm talking about there are some, there are some industries that you just have to be. Everybody's a cook in that industry. Seamstress. <laughs> Trust from me. Akatu. <laughs> last two, last two, last two. <laughs> All right, let me, let me make my point. The truth is that in every job, you can have an avenue to lie. And also in every job, you can have an avenue for integrity. Actually, it depends on you. So, there was this time this lady called me and said, she, she actually, um, she texted me. She's, she's a model. And in her modeling, she got a contract. And she's supposed to wear bikinis. Now, this is a Christian. Christian lady, cell leader. She called and said, Pastor, I want to, I have this offer. And it's a, a very big offer. And I want to take it. Pastor, what do you think about it? I said, don't take it. You cannot go and wear that. You see, remember what Titus said? He said, live a lifestyle that reflects wholesome teaching. That you saw somebody do it, and because of that, the person is probably traveling around the world. That's nothing to do with you. That's not your, your road in life. Beware of covetousness. Can't do it. You're a Christian. You have the Holy Spirit. These are decisions that you take for your life so that it will not bring shame on the word of God. In every industry, you will have the avenue for to be corrupt. And also in every industry, you have the avenue to have integrity. Choose integrity. 
See, choose integrity. There are people that have given opportunities to do a thing or two. And you will be surprised. You will be surprised. Let me give you an example. And some people don't know that they fail integrity tests in their office. Let me give you an example. One time, I employed someone. Whatever the person needs to do the thing he's supposed to do, I'm just giving you an example. It's like, say, 500 cities a day. I'm giving you an example. I'll give the person 600 cities. The person doesn't know I'm doing it intentionally. The 100 on it never came back. You are thinking it's grace. That's what you are thinking. You are thinking it's the grace of God. No, you are learning how to steal. It shows your training. Why am I saying this? Because we keep praying for you. We keep speaking over you. We keep telling the right things to do. But you just keep living a lifestyle that's taking you backward. Taking you backward. Destroying yourself. Take the 100 cities back to the person and say, please, you gave me 600 instead of 500. Please take it back. If he takes it back, no problem. Continue. Continue living a life of integrity. He has marked something about you. If he says, oh, take the 100 that is on it. A good name is better than riches. Don't destroy yourself. How different will you be from those other Christians? They're not interested in work, you know. They are interested, they, they are work. Let me tell you what they are working. Their work is amen. There's no amount of oil that's not been poured, poured over them. Very oily Christians. Let me tell you, in the Bible, not all, Christ, not all devils require out. People don't know that. Not all demons out, no. Let me give you an example. For example, when it comes to tithe, it says, when you give your tithe, the devourer will be rebuked. You, so if you go and stand in front of devourer out, devourer out, you're wasting your time. The devourer understands only one thing. You pay your tithe, it goes away. You know that he has God to deal with. Okay? I'll give you another example. There are different kinds of demons. Not all of them out, no. There's different kinds of demons. Let me give you an example. You took your own phone. Eh? Took your own phone. Went to a pornographic website. When you finish... You are involved in different things. What if you say, Pastor, I don't know what comes over me. Your, the phone is for you. <laughs> Your phone. I don't know what comes over me. Nothing comes over you. You take your phone. It's because you have phone. I'm telling you, it's because you have phone. The first thing you do is you sell the phone. Buy one that cannot go online and see if any demon will appear out of that yam. <laughs> Let's see if you can go on the site on the yam. No, trust me. Let's see if the demons are as strong as you are saying. Let's see. Then if I'll start praying for you when you have a yam and the pornography appears on the yam, then you know that we are dealing with principalities and powers and rulers of darkness in heavenly places. Do you agree with me? Yeah, yeah. Then we'll know that, oh, this is, then we all gather together. And let me tell you, this church, we are very compassionate. We all gather together one Friday night. Everybody, bring the phone on the altar. <laughs> we, 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 we will speak the word of God. And then you see me screaming here, fire! But the phone is yours. You still have a phone. 
He said, Pastor, I don't know what usually happens to me. Pastor. Before I realize I've done it. No. No. No, no, no. Therefore, you know, you are not serious. You are not serious. There's nothing wrong with you. I just indiscipline. There's nothing wrong with you. Do you know some? There are some. Um, there are some uh, night dreams. I hear me. You know some. There are some night dreams that come from some movies. You say you have spiritual marriage. You don't have spiritual marriage. Anybody in the night, somebody else is sleeping with you. Every time you are coming out, every time you are coming out, they will pray for you. They lay hands on you, lay legs on you. We confess, we, we profess, we announce, we declare. When we finish, you will go back to Korean series. I'll say, they are, they, are, they are looking at us, oh, pastor, no, 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 no. Pastor, please don't go here. Pastor, please don't go here. Pastor, when I learn, I don't understand. When I learn, I don't understand. But we'll finish praying for him. He's going back to continue the series. That Shin Kun Tin has, has, uh, has met Fin Kun San. <laughs> Shin Kun Tin has met Fin Kun San. And they are all going to feel her call. Pastor, when I learn, I don't understand. Meanwhile, you're not going back to go and read your books, so you're going back to Shin Kuntin. <laughs> you're not serious. You're not serious. Stop wasting my time. <laughs> Say the Holy Ghost at work in my life. Say it's molding my life. Yes. It's molding your life. You, you continue that you hit a roadblock. Last year, when People were stealing from church. I mean, people were sitting in front of They say, hug somebody in church. The people are just waiting for pastor's time to say, say somebody, oh, I love you. Then person tells them, by the time you turn back from I love you, you're, you have been loved. <laughs> Last year, and I said that if you finish stealing, just go and check if you have HIV. I said it. And let me tell you something. There are some people, they say something, you can go and sleep. There are some people, it will definitely happen. A pastor friend of mine, who someone had been stealing his offering. You're wondering how the person, the person who was counting the offering was stealing it. He's a shareholder in the church. The, the <laughs> you understand? As they are counting, counting, counting. Okay, so this for the church, this for me. <laughs> so you know what my pastor friend said? He didn't understand. So one day, as he was preaching, the anointing was hot. And the church wasn't so big. The anointing was so strong. People were coming for it. So at least he saw 450 cities on the altar. So you know that today, there, <laughs> minimum, minimum is what? 200 cities. <laughs> It's all, it's all, it's all, at least there should be a minimum of 200 cities. Because it's all, the anointing was hot. People were dropping seed on the altar. It's all at least. So he counted 50, 50, 50. Minimum of 200 cities. Ah, the finished counting offering is 230. Now this is the seed on the altar. So it means the whole church gave 30 cities. Including tithes. He said, nah. 
He called me. I said, let me tell you something. You can joke with a pastor. Don't joke with a prophet. I told him, I said, it's not my church, it's your church. But I'll catch the person. I told him, I said, I'll catch the person. Who did it? I told him, I'll get the person. What I'm saying, from real story, I can bring me as a come and see it. I said, I'll get the person. By the end of the day, I got the person. I told him, I said, this person, do this, do this, do this, catch the person. When he went, everything played out exactly as I said it. He called the person. When he finished, he said, you know, this is the house of God. We don't sack people. So he took the person from counting offering into being an usher. The person stopped coming to church. But to move, because to move from, to move from counting offering into counting human beings, nah. <laughs> He's not interested in that one. <laughs> because my friend said, my, my partner friend said, every time we're seeing that, this girl is changing phones. There's no latest phone with people's offering. And people don't fear God, though. Well, I don't tell you what happened to the girl. Pathetic story. Pathetic story. The end was bad. Have some integrity in your life. I know there's a part of life, you know, that you, you need, you know, some extra extra, some extra self-control, you know, but the Holy Spirit can help you with that. That's what I'm talking about. The Holy Spirit can help you with that. He helps you, he gives you inner strength. When we say strength, that the Holy Spirit is strengthening us, he's not only strengthening us to get something done, he's, he's, he's strengthening us to be resistant. Sometimes we can resist setting pressures. We can, we can keep our cool. We can hold it in. It's the work of the Holy Spirit. For example, Driving in a car. If you don't drive in a car, you don't know what I'm talking about. Somebody, you just, boom, boom. Everybody, you. One time I was driving. This is like five years ago, I was driving. The person, I'm driving, and the person just, you are, and, and that day I carried a member. When I wrote, I was about to insult, I remember the member, I said, see, 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 see. Because sometimes, you say as you're driving, you go down, your father, your father, you don't have sense. <laughs> when you are driving, you don't think, you don't think, you don't think. But as I was, I was about to, because what the guy, what the guy did was one of the motor riders. What the guy did, I'm almost about to knock him down. But the member is here. Would the member like to see his pastor say, your father? So I, once I remembered that, ah, I'm with the member. See, 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 see what they are doing. I was complaining to the member, see what they are doing. See, see, see. I saw driving. But trust me, I really wanted to give it to the guy. But you see, there's a word. It's called engratia. Holding yourself in. The Holy Spirit helps you with that. Hold yourself in. Judas Iscariot was a confirmed thief. It was not an assumption of speculation. So it was so easy for the devil to use him. Let's see the scripture. John 14. Everybody will have an opportunity not to have integrity. John chapter 14, verse number 30. Wait, let's start from 29. And now I've told you before it come to pass that when it is come to pass, he might believe. All right, verse 30. Hereafter, I will not talk much with you. He said, why? He said, because the season is coming. 
and what season is coming? He says, for the prince of this world cometh and hath nothing in me. What's he saying? He says, there will be different times that the prince of this world is talking about the devil will come to you. And when he comes, for example, somebody like me, right? The devil can never tempt me to smoke. I will not. He, has, he doesn't have that in me. You see, well, among all the disciples, when the devil used anyone to betray Jesus, because none of them had any track record of any fraudulent lifestyle. But you see, Judas already was stealing. It was easy for him to betray for money. The prince of this world cometh and he had nothing in me. When he comes, what does he have in you? You can be a child of God, but he has something in you. He has envy in you. He has bitterness in you. He has covetousness in you. Because he has covetousness in you, he can make you unhappy. Because you have seen the progress of your friend. Because you have seen your friend has traveled. You see, your friend has gone with his bay to vacation. So now, so now you, you want to do everything possible. Every car that now haunts at you is a potential. Well, I think so. What I'm saying, is it not true? Is it not true? You cannot even trust the Holy Spirit to be your helper anymore. You see, the, the route of speaking in tongues and trusting God has not become too long for you. Uh, I've been going to church. I've been going to church. I've seen nothing. What do you want to see? Oh, what are you looking for? I've been, I've been, I've been going to church. I, 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 I've seen nothing. I've seen nothing. What were you wanting to see? It's your expectations. That's the problem. Your expectations. You don't, you, you're not interested in loving the Lord and growing your faith. And becoming a better person because of the word of God. But there's something you want to see. And the devil is in a hurry to let you see it. The will of covetousness. Don't have covetousness in your heart. It will destroy your understanding even of the word of God. So the Holy Spirit came to help you to have that holding yourself in. That control. You see, when you have covetousness, like Jesus Christ was telling the man, he says, the way of covetousness. He says, a man's life does not consist in the abundance of things that he possesses. Listen to what I want to say. We don't do everything for money. Now, I was telling the story of that girl who was told to take a bikini. Take picture of the bikinis. Bikinis. So she told me. I said, you can't do it. You're a child of God. You can't do it. You can't do it. Well, she did not do it. Now, they promised a lot of money. You can imagine. They promised her a lot of money. She didn't do it. That whole year, she did not get one single shoot. One, the whole, did not, because you know some of these people, they are linked. They tell oh, that girl, leave her that girl. She will not do it. Um, so she was not, there was no shoot. She could not do any shoot. She could not do anything. What, what Paul told Titus is, Live a life that reflects wholesome teaching or holistic teaching. In the sense that there can be the teaching, like for example, I've taught you to pray. I've taught you to worship God. I've taught you to, to live a life for God. It must be balanced with living the right life. It must be balanced. Do you understand? So this girl, that whole year, she don't get any gig. That's why they call it a gig. Now, guess what happened to her? After that year, another modeling outfit. 
came to her. And what she was now going to wear is going to be, she's going to be fully clothed. And let me tell you, that gig took her to four nations. Have some standards in your life. Have some standards. We don't bend here. Look at the book of Daniel. Let's go to Daniel. Chapter 1, verse 7. On whom the prince of the Enochs gave names, for he gave unto Daniel the name of Belteshazzar, and to Hananiah of Shadrach, and to Mishael of Meshach, and to Azariah of Abednego. Verse 8. He says, but Daniel, oh, but Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the prince of the Enochs that he might not defile himself. Now, this guy, he's a slave who has been taken to the palace. They said, eat those. They said, no, can I please not do that? We don't do that. We don't do that. Now, in, in, in the life of Daniel and his brothers, they came across many roadblocks like that where you have to do this. They said, we don't do that. We don't do that. All right. Go to the book of Romans. 1 Corinthians chapter 8. I start from verse 10. It says, for if any man see thee which has knowledge, sit at meat in the idol's temple, shall not the conscience of him which is weak be emboldened to eat those things which are offered to idols. And through thy knowledge shall the weak brother perish for whom Christ died. Let me explain. This is what Paul is talking about. Sometimes there are things that you have a greater knowledge about. All right. You have a greater knowledge about. For example, Paul is saying that you're not supposed to eat uh, I mean, you can say they were not supposed to eat food that is offered to idols, all right? But some Christian will say, well, the idols can't do anything to me. I've got faith that's greater than this. Paul said, great, all right? He said, great, but let's, let's look at it again. From verse 10, he said, for if any man see thee which has knowledge, you see, he's talking about the one that knows something. He says, for if any man see thee which has knowledge, sit at meat in the idol's temple. So imagine that. Let's say in your neighborhood, okay? They know that wearing a mini skirt or, or a bum short, it's not holy. I'm just saying that. They know that it's not holy. Now, you have knowledge that it doesn't matter what I'm wearing, God looks at the heart, okay? So it's, you can create a parallel between this and that. He says, for if any man see thee, now, he's not even looking at the substance of the thing, whether it is right or wrong. He says, if a man sees you, all right, which has knowledge, sit at meat in the idol's temple. So imagine that they now see you wearing a bum shirt, walking in the neighborhood, you're going to probably buy something, and you see, you're wearing that bum shirt, you're walking around. And they're looking at you. This is not this girl who was preaching at cell meeting the last time. What's the consequence? Look at it. Shall not the conscience of him which is weak be emboldened to eat those things which are offered to idols? So what's it? You have the knowledge. Look at it. You have the knowledge. And so you are, you say, I'm eating. Nothing happened to me. So they see you eating. Now the guy who does not have knowledge sees you and say, ah, 
If Christians can do this, then we can all do it. Then you are doing it under knowledge and know that nothing will happen to you. Then he is not doing it by knowledge. He's thinking he, he, he's supposed to, you know what, eat idol's food. There's a difference. Verse 11. And through thy knowledge shall the weak brother perish for whom Christ died. Through thy knowledge shall the weak brother perish. Verse 12. But when ye sin so against the brethren and wound their weak conscience, ye sin against Christ. Not everybody, even in church, is at the same level of faith. So you mind sometimes what you wear. Everybody, ah, oh, no, 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 no. They, they should, they should, they, they, they should control themselves. They should control themselves. Some people's control is at a lower level. So we are taught as Christians, leave the things you see on social media. We are taught as Christians to help one another. So you know, you know the kind of body you have. It will teach you what to wear, even your movements in prayer. Now, it looks like a, a, a trivial thing. This, this is Christian living. We have to think of our neighbor. I don't give any examples. Hallelujah. And same thing with the guys. <laughs> no examples. You know your ministry. <laughs> you know, you know, you know yourself. Then you, you, you wear. Oh. And oh, verse 13, the first thing is the point. But verse 13 is the point. Wherefore, if meat make my brother to offend, I will eat no flesh while the world standeth, lest I make my brother to offend. He said, if meat will make my brother fall, then it's okay. I will not eat the meat. If wearing bum shorts in my area, will cause people to say, uh, your Christianity is not true. What will happen? I'd rather not wear the bum shorts. Even though I have liberty to wear it. You see, I have liberty to wear it. I know that it is not a sin. I can defend it anywhere. I can open 10 scriptures to defend that what you wear is not what God is looking at. I'd rather not do it. If you find yourself in an area, you're going to start a church. You understand this when you start serving God more. You're going to start a church in an area they don't believe in wig. And see, see if anybody will come to your church. You end up insulting them, say, you people don't know the gospel, the true gospel. You are talking. You are, nobody will answer you. You see, over there, when you get to the place, when you realize that they don't believe that wearing wig is, is true, what you will do is that you remove your wig first. You will win them first. They will understand the gospel. Then all of you will wear wig together. <laughs> are you getting it? But in the beginning, you are, they said they don't believe that wig is from God. That wig is from Indian witches. Don't you know people say that? Some people say that wig is from Indian witches. How can you be wearing wigs for witch? And that now you will go to hell because of wig. 
He said, if you wear makeup, you will go to hell. Now, you've gone into a neighborhood that, that will make them to offend. You have to remove it. I remember 2018, we had swag service. Now, that swag service was for a reason. We said we wanted, you know, people to, you know, but that, that was our terrain. And I, that, that day, I don't even remember, I dyed my hair. Those of you who were there, I dyed my hair gold. People came, you know, and we all intentionally did it. And it was actually a very good exercise. People were saved, people were, because some people came to church and like, what? Look at this church. People are wearing, wearing, yo, then we were singing, uh, we are singing different songs. Um, what was the song, Seth? Uh, feel, bow, hear, now. Jesus, you change everything. And people are crying. But we're wearing different kind of things. But it was like an exercise. So people saw the pictures and were like, wow, is this a church? And people came to church. But after the swag service, I have to dye the hair black. But I had not yet gotten the time. So when I'm coming out of my house like this, I work it. Why? Because I preach in that neighborhood. They should, they should start looking and say, ah, I'm a pastor. <laughs> a pastor is now a gangster. <laughs> Our pastor is now <laughs> So every time I come out there, I wear a cap and I go. So I notice that when I'm driving and I have the gold hair on, police will stop me and search me. Let us look at it. Police will stop me and search me. Police will stop me and search me. I was tired of the searching. I went to dye my hair back to black. And when I came back to black, when they put, oh, same police. I said, am I? Say, yeah, yeah, pass, 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 pass. But every time they saw, so what, at what cost? At what cost do I want to keep my hair? At one time, one particular police, he searched my car and he opened the other part. Open, he saw Bibles. Look at me again. Look at the Bibles. Look at me again. Look at the Bibles. So he engaged me in conversation. I said, I'm a pastor. Eh? Which church? Then you could see his eyes going to my head. Oh. Not knowing that church he attends, that's the church my parents used to attend. So when we go in the conversation, it's like, oh, yeah, so you, oh, you know the place. Then he believed that, yeah, 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 I'm a real pastor. So I just look at it, I say, at what cost do I want to keep this gold here? At what cost? If meat will make my brother to offend, I'd rather not eat meat. Let's look at that scripture in the Passion Translation from verse 10. For if a believer with a weak conscience sees you who have a great understanding Dining in an idol's temple. Won't this be a temptation to him to violate his own conscience and eat food offered to idols? So in effect, by exercising your understanding of freedom, you have ruined this weak believer, a brother for whom Christ has died. And when you offend weaker believers by wounding their conscience in this way, you also offend the anointed one. It's 13. So I conclude that if my eating certain food deeply offends my brother and hinders his advance in Christ, I will never eat it again. I don't want to be guilty of causing my brother or sister to be wounded and defeated. Be on your feet, let's pray.
I wait to pray. Book of Colossians. Chapter 1, verse number 10. Verse 9, verse 9, sorry. Verse from verse 9. For this gospel, since the, way, the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that he might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that he might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work. I'm sharing this with you because you know this amount of harvest. There are some things that will impeach your harvest. Some things that will cause problems for your harvest. That you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing. He said when you walk worthy of the Lord to all pleasing, he says being fruitful in every good work. These things are linked. Become fruitful in every good work. There's a way Christians live. There's a way Christians talk. You see, when you talk in your office, in your neighborhood, they should know a Christian is speaking. They say, oh, yeah, you have to change this thing and you get some money. I say, no, I don't do that. It will mean you will lose money, but you need to stand your ground. You see, it will mean you will lose money, but you have to stand your ground. It will mean they, they can even laugh at you. See, they can laugh at you and say, ah, you, pa, you don't do this thing. Ah, kai. But you have to do it and stand your ground. If meat will make my brother to offend, I'd rather not eat meat. Yes. Because there are some people, the only Christ or church they've ever come across or they'll ever come across is you. So they've been looking at you. I remember one time we were at camp and I was teaching on, on something like this and I... I mean, I was not talking about this, but I talked about how he said, you make your brother to fall. You see? And there, there was one lady that shared a, a story of how every time she had been coming to church, her brother was watching. Her brother was not going to church, but she didn't know her brother was watching. Then one day she said she was not going to church. Then the brother said, ah, today won't you go to church? You see, she didn't know that they were watching. She didn't know they were watching. The world is watching you. You know what? Because Jesus Christ described you as a city set upon a hill. Everybody is looking at the city set upon a hill. They are watching you. You are among people. Um, for example, Pastor Olga. When she was in school. When she was in school. When she was in school. She, she used to come to church. Alright? Now she was in a room with... Three of her mates, all those three of her mates today, they are leaders in church. And I said, that's some display of strong Christian character. You know why? Because to be in a room with people, they will see everything. You can't hide anything. You see, you can't hide anything. One time I told some people, I said, if you go to your neighborhood and you don't have seven people to ten people 
who want to follow you to church? I say your character is questionable. Your character is questionable. It's not even about prayers like that. First Peter 3. Let's look at it. First Peter 3. From verse 1. It's a likewise ye wise be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they also may without the word be won by the conversation of the wives. Um, TLB, the Living Bible. Wives, fit in with your husband's plans. For then, if they refuse to listen when you talk to them about the Lord, they will be won by your respectful, pure behavior. Did you see that? He said people, some people will be warned. And what people will be warned? Now he's talking about wife and husband, but it's also showing you that he's talking about proximity. That those who are in proximity to you, those who are close to you, you see, those people are not warned by what you say. Those people are warned by what you do. When we were in, when we in secondary school, the way I used to dash things, Someone comes to ask me, I'll give him. That's after I got born again. I'll give him this. I'll give him that. The way I used to do that, when I say I'm going to have fellowship, they come with me. They come with me. Because my life, my lifestyle, they saw love. They saw giving. They saw sharing. They saw how I live my life on comes after I got born again. Because before I got born again, I was a rascal going up and down. But after I got born again, nobody, you know, that's the Christianity I saw in my house. You see, that's the Christianity I saw in my house growing up. I saw, you know, I saw soberness. I saw the love for peace. I was not a very mature Christian. I just started. My, my, the boys in my dormitory, they will abuse me. Oh, I will not answer one of them. Not once. I never answered any of them. They never heard me. You know, sometimes in, my, in your privacy, some secular songs might come into your head. I just got born again. My mind still has to be renewed. Some secular will come to my head, but they never came out of my mouth. Why? Because of them. Nobody taught me. I just, because of them. Because of them. Now a few people started getting born again. Now the responsibility was getting bigger on me. It's not hypocrisy. Because some people, some people, they say, uh, let me just live my life because I don't want to be a hypocrite. It's not hypocrisy. You see, if meat will cause my brother to offend, I'd rather not eat meat. Your dressing. Your dressing. Watch it. Go and be buying. Buy, buy things that will cover you. And when it comes to decency, it is not really objective. There are many things to look at. You have to look at your surrounding. You have to look at your body. Have to, so it does not say, ah, but this girl wore this dress. No, but you, you see your body. The kind of body, the Lord has blessed you. <laughs> so you have to also, you know, don't wear, then some people intentionally go in, because they, you know, I don't know why they do that. They intentionally go and hem the side, because they know themselves. That today is today. Their whole church, when I come out to give my tithes, their whole church will focus on me. No, you don't need that. Be known for modesty. Bible says, let your moderation be known to all men. When it comes to your moderation, let everybody see it. And be known to all men. 
Let your moderation be known to all men. If you don't know that what is this, because some people say they don't know a decent dress. If you don't know a decent dress, somebody will tell you. You probably your solid will tell you that this is not decent. Don't say that's what I have. No, that's not what you have. Let's go and buy the, the this one, the baggy. See, go there and buy decent dresses. Wear decent dresses. Look at the choir, they always look decent. Mm-hmm. The day they don't look decent, I'll say too. So is that that's how we roll. Me and the choir, we've been fighting a lot of fights. We are now World War Five. Wear decent dresses. Look decent every time. It is a good Christian hallmark. And have a smile on. Have a smile on. Oh, I didn't know. I didn't know when I was in my area. I didn't know they were watching me. There were some guys who were, who were, they were weed smokers. They were peeling orange. I didn't know they've been watching me. They've been watching me come to the park to pray. A lot of the time, I don't see them. I didn't know they were watching me. So every time, I'll come to the park, I'll be praying, I'll be praying. I didn't know they were watching me. One day, I saw them, they were smoking. One, one hand is smoking on the left. One hand is peeling the orange on the right. Jarasta fried rice. As we were. <laughs> they were just peeling the orange, peeling the orange, peeling the orange, peeling the orange. Ah, and they were holding knife and the Holy Spirit as I was praying on the back the Holy Spirit said go and talk to them I was wondering these guys these guys are holding knife hey what if the thing passed it through their mind you get it I was just so many things were going through my mind as I was praying 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 the Holy Spirit said go and talk to them I mastered the courage I walked to them when I walked to them they hit the knife they hit every, they hit the weed they hit the knife they said oh what's awful oh what's awful I didn't know they had been watching me so what's awful oh so for meeting, uh, because the cell meeting I was having on that pack. Oh, meeting, oh, you better meeting, you better meeting. I've not invited them, so they will come for the meeting. There were about five, two came. They've been watching me. Your world is watching you. Did you hear me? Your world is watching you. Live intentionally as a representative of Christ. Live intentionally. You can look great without exposing your body. If you're a model, you're a Christian and you're a model, you cannot take picture of your sky. What is it? Bikinis. You cannot wear what? Bikinis. You, you can decide to go to the beach and wear it. But that they will take a picture of you, then you are wearing bikinis and doing... <laughs> Bikinis? Tell somebody Christians don't do that. Say we have the Holy Spirit. You see, we don't do that. Don't do bikinis. Bikinis. Some people don't even know. Some people don't know that it has even got to the point that they 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 take pictures totally stark naked. I'm telling you, people now take pictures and they pay you. Everything is not money. Are you listening to me? Everything is not money. If they want to use, some people want to do an advert that involves showing yourself naked, it's not you. They're going to look for that person. Did you hear me? Let's pray. Oh, Rabbi.
Thank the Lord, thank the Holy Spirit for His guidance in your life. So takabara bashida balabruski. Kara da basada barada basada da basada na matuni mia. Oh 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 oh. Kara na masato kabara baba. Sheke de 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 Yeah, 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 yeah. 